0: Good morning, church. Just a word about that pie thing. I think if you uh, if you're not the one that wins it and gets the pie in the face, the other two should get a pie just to eat. Right, David? Because because we're putting money in Rutgers. Uh, me and Brumley. Uh, We know what's going to happen there, so turn to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. That's what we're going to be working out of, and I have a scripture reader. Emery, come on up. Emery Lancaster is a senior at CCS and... Let's see. Was it yesterday? You played in the All Star. Selected to play in the All Star basketball game. Did y'all win? No, no okay. I'm sorry. But yeah, very talented, very talented uh, athlete and young Christian woman. Thank you for being here. She's going to be going graduating this year. And uh, can I have an amen from Mike and Mindy? Uh, right? Yeah. And she, but she is going to be going to Harding. Right? University. Okay. So glad you're here. Please read a scripture for us. First Peter 5, 10 through 11. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. And the church said, Amen. 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 Good job. Henry. Good job. I love that. We need good strong young men and women serving the lord and impacting and uh that going off the college stuff uh you know people kids can't wait to go off i remember the day that uh uh i loaded everything in the old car that i had to go off to arkansas state university and so i was backing out of the driveway and my dad he just shook my hand and said you know hey good luck son and uh Get a job when you get over there. You know, that was his answer to everything. And then my mom was crying in the driveway, and I'm backing out, and she's just, you know, boo-hooing and waving, and I drove all the 40 miles to go to college. (laughs) Uh, But, hey, that was a long way for me. So when I came down here to West Monroe a year later, to because I'd gotten really turned my life around in college and I just and got converted and all wrapped up in Jesus well then I just wanted to study the Bible and convert people and so uh, I heard about this school down here we had back then at the time uh, school of biblical studies and uh, I said I'll go there so I loaded up everything in my old car again I never visited here or anything I just wrote Carl Allison and he said okay and so I came And so, uh, the first weekend I'm here, I'm driving around just kind of, because I've never been in a, I mean, this is a big town. I don't know if you realize, this was big to me. I mean, my town had one red light, and it just flashed by itself. I mean, we didn't have much. So, I get here, and I'm driving around, and I go across the river, and I see uh, a Sears store. We used to have a big Sears store where, y'all remember where the Sears store was? I'd never, I'd never been in a big one. I'd only been in the catalog one. You know where you take the stamps and turn stuff. in. some of y'all know what I'm talking about. So I go over there and I drive in, park. I look at this big store. I get out and go. And, I, and you know, curbs in Louisiana—they don't really make them. You can't tell the difference between a driveway and a curb. You notice that? So I get ready to go out and I can't figure out where to drive out. And so I see this kind of built-up thing, brick deal, with looks like a drive-through. So I drive through it. Then when I'm driving through it, people are scattered. And then I look back and I realize it was the bus stop. (laughs) Well, I have learned a few things since then. I'm not saying I always make good driving decisions even now, but I try my best. I don't know how I got off on all that. But 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, this last chapter in Peter, uh, we've basically we've just called this Words from a Shepherd, because Peter describes himself in the very first part of this as a fellow shepherd. Let's look at verses 1-4. Uh, uh, through four. He talks about the shepherding thing. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder. So he, he's a shepherd, he's an elder, a pastor, a bishop. All of these words meant the same thing. Overseer. We don't really use that one much. But overseer or shepherd, uh, uh, I mean, we could have that on the door. David, you could put shepherd. David Brumley, I mean, that'd be okay biblically. Actually, Dave, hey, Dave, we could put bishop. Bishop sounds like, you know, or, or pastor. or the, These are all mean the same thing. He says, as a fellow elder, I, a witness, he says, look, I was a witness of Christ's suffering and one who also shared in the glory to be revealed. He tells them this, to the leaders. Now remember, this book is written to suffering Christians. That also means suffering leaders. But you know what? He doesn't really write about their suffering. He tells them this. Be shepherds of God's flock that's under your care, serving as overseers. Not because you must, but because you're willing As God wants you to be not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, that's Jesus, right, appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. So here he says to these folks, to these elders, to these overseers, which they're a part of a group that's existed for a long time. Their history traces all the way back into Jewish history. And a matter of fact, in the book of John, Phil read in his class today, part of that religious group that crucified Jesus were elders. And you wonder, how did leaders get so off target, you know? But leaders are people too, and they get get misguided, and they misunderstand things. But this elder thing got brought over to the church, and now as elders, you have a responsibility to this group of people you're working with. You're supposed to care for them. You're supposed to watch over them. You're supposed to grow them up. You're supposed to help shepherd them. And so elderships, or a group of elders at a local congregation have a responsibility to care and see over people. Now, what's happened to elderships within the West, within America, and within democracy, elders were influenced by our culture to become boards, like like a board over a company or a board over a school or a board. and and so a lot of times those are the kind of people that ended up coming into elderships because they were leaders in the community or whatever and so they're pretty good people let's put them there hey they know how to handle money they know how to do this and it almost became a good character of businessmen group which is not what elderships are about Being a shepherd is much more relational than positional. Get that one? It is relational, not positional. It's not about holding some high position. For the very thing he says shepherds have to do is have a spirit of humility. It's about caring and loving on people because you've got some time and in, in history behind you and God's grown you up to a point that you are naturally now caring for other folks. And that guy, when you see him doing that, that's how you recognize, he told Timothy, when you see guys that have this kind of character, that's how you recognize them as elders within the church. And the name itself tells you they got to be, you know, old, right? Sometimes we misunderstand what elders are supposed to be doing. I had a lady come to me one time. She said, Mike, I want you to talk to the elders. I want you to have them do this particular ministry. They need to do this. This needs to be done. And I said, uh, "I said, well, I don't have to talk. To, I don't have to give permission from them. She said, well, I just think, you know, maybe if they would just say, I said, I'll well, tell you what, just go ahead and go do that. And she said, well, I didn't mean me do it. Well, who do you think we're going to ask? Eldership is not about going to a group of guys to get permission for something. We're just men trying to help other people in the body of Christ grow up. And the elders at this particular, in this particular context were men that were trying to help people uh, take care of themselves in the middle of them suffering because they're living for Jesus. They're elders of the suffering who have stood up against Satan. That's the context of these leaders. Elders are people that you should be able to grow from. And look, they're all different. Their different elders have different abilities, different talents. I can't tell you how, how much the elders have helped me. There's times when, you know, that, that you feel down or whatever. And I pick up the phone. I call Tommy Emman. And he says, I can't help you. Call somebody else. No, he doesn't do that. <laughs> he listens. He does what an elder does. He takes care of me. He oversees. He's a caretaker. I struggle with a verse or something. I'm trying to wrestle with something. Hey, it's easy. I can go down at Fields because I know he'll wrestle with the Word. He'll say, Kelly, what do you think about this right here? And I said, I don't know. And, you know. and elders need to do that. They need to wrestle with it. They need to be open to the Bible, learning new things to change their lives, but also learning how we've, we've butchered it in the past sometimes. It's okay to say I've been wrong. Elders have to be open to re looking at the Bible. It's not about protecting always. We do need to protect the flock. When uh, when people are brand new in Christ, it's real easy for someone to come in that's excited and pull them away to some false doctrine. And we are responsible for making that not happen. That's why it's such an effort here to get people to hook in, to not be attenders, not be people who just show up at church. You can't elder people, you're not around, and you can't teach them if they're not here. And so you make our job easy when you make yourself available. Someone said, Mike, why are we doing such and such? I I want to talk to the elders about that. Well, come on. Come on. Sit down. We'll discuss. We'll wrestle with stuff. You might be right. Shepherds are caretakers. They are people who are responsible for doctrine and spiritual health. And they have a heavy responsibility for the souls that are around. It's not a position you want to step into lightly. And don't think for a moment that there aren't times when Paul Stevens is on his knees about somebody's life that's messed up and he doesn't know what to tell him anymore because he's talked to him so many times. Well, they lead, protect, guide, grow, and serve, and they do it not begrudgingly, and they do it not for money, and they do it not for authority. It's not about lording over someone. It's not about making people do things. Someone said, well, Mike, you got the, you got the power. You preach up there. You're the senior, but you got power. You can make things happen. Are you kidding me? If I could make things happen, I would make 100% of everybody that's a member be here every Sunday and every Wednesday. We still meet then. And other times when the body's meeting. And I'd make them give 10%. I ain't had much luck on that, Emma. I? I don't think I'm very powerful at all. It ain't about me. It's not about the elders. They want to. We want to feed, serve, love on, give grace to people because God gave grace to us. And during tough times when people are suffering, especially in this context, they're suffering because they stood up for Jesus, they need mature people hugging their necks. I told a young lady right here before service, made sure I had the name of, of her sister correct because she, said, she asked me to pray, and I'm going to pray for that young woman. It's an honor, an honor to pray for people. And that's one of the things elders really need to be doing more than anything else. Beseeching the creator of the universe. All right, then he goes on to talk to some more folks. He says, verse, uh, let's look at the verse 5 through 11. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to the elders. Uh, some versions will say to the, those that are older, because they think maybe this is something more general, but I think it really has direct context with the shepherds that, are, that he's just mentioned. All of you, elders, young men, everybody else in the church, okay? All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. So now he gives a word to the church. A shepherd gives a word to the church. And the first thing he tells them in verse 5 through 7 is to be humble and be submissive. Now, look, this goes totally against the grain of our culture. To be humble and to be submissive goes totally against the grain. If you don't think that, just look at professional sports. The taunting, the look at me, I'm the greatest, and all that kind of thing. What do you think that comes from? It comes from a culture of a success that says it's all about me. As a matter of fact, we support it because we'll pay millions to watch them swing a bat and hit a ball. Right? Now, I'm a big baseball fan. By the way, congratulations to Braden Bristow, who made the Major League Baseball uh, team this, this week from our church. And I love what he said in the interview right after the game. I, I just give God the glory for somehow being instrumental in bringing me to this point in my life. I mean, this humble it to God. I thought, this is him in the passage. You can't have success and not go down the road of conceit. Uh, let me give you a little math uh, deal here. I never was very good at math. I avoided all math classes. I could. Finally, my senior year, I only went to school half a day and you had to have so many Classes, and I was like, uh, okay, I had this class, I had study hall, and I had English, I had to take English, and and the principal said, Kelly, you gotta have one more class. I'm like, I I don't need any, I got all my credits. I'm like, making my argument. He's like, I don't care, you have to take one more class. I'm like, well, what's open? He said, geometry. (laughs) Geometry? So I had to take it. The only class I ever got an F in. I turned my book in the third day. I'm like, I don't get this i I'm not by the way, I'm not advising teenagers that you do this Spencer sorry uh, but man i i didn't want I didn't want to go in that class. I thought I had everything I needed. I didn't want that math. Here's some math for you today, okay? from the text, submission. Plus humility, and that's going to be one of those equations that gets a little more difficult. Minus worry equals peace. Submission plus humility minus worry equals peace. Let me read the verse to you and I think you'll get it. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your care, all your anxiety, all your worries on Him, because He cares for you. He's told in the verse before, be submissive. Be submissive plus humility minus worry equals peace. This idea of being humble, when He tells them, by the way... To clothe yourself with humility. This word "clothe" is, uh, comes from a, a, a Greek word. To, a part of it, first part of it, means to tie a knot, and the other part of it means to wrap around. So it's, a, it's when the servant would take. It's what Jesus did in John 13 when he took the servant apron. That's where they get the word "apron" from. The servant's clothing, and he clothed himself with that, and he wrapped it and he tied it in a knot. And he got on his feet and he washed the feet of the disciples. Even Judas's. That always amazed me. I mean, I can understand I could wash the feet of guys that are doing pretty good. They're trying to follow even though they But here comes a guy that's going to betray me. I mean, if I washed his feet, I'd be washing him saying, Yeah, buddy, but you're going to get yours. You know, right? Not Jesus. He didn't do that. He humbled himself as a servant. Wash the feet of the good, the bad, the betrayers, the denials. He washed the feet of all of them. That's clothing yourself with humility. Verse 8 and 9, he tells them to be ready says this. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. So here's what he tells them. You have to have self-control. You have to have a sober mind one that you're ready and watching and you're you're, you're looking out for things because Satan is to be taken serious. And this is one thing I think that we don't do anymore is we don't take Satan uh, in a serious way. He is out there. The devil does exist. Now, I don't want to overestimate him. He don't have the power of God. He ain't God. But I don't want to underestimate his ability to make a, a, a disaster happen in our life. He's on the prowl. Now, think about that. And he's a roaring lion. So, if I'm hear, if i walking around and I hear something in the bushes over there, and I go back and I pull back to see, I want to get close, and I pull back and I see, and it's a lion, you think I'm like, let me get a better look? <laughs> huh? He's on the prowl, a roaring lion. He's looking and waiting for you to be vulnerable and weak, and those are the times that he attacks us. No, if you have the sound, if you even hear a roaring lion or think he's prowling around, you go the other way. You get as far away from him as you can. Like a lion, he stalks us. And he attacks us. And what did Jesus do when he was attacked? He said to Satan, let me tell you about the Word of God. And the power of the Word of God is stronger than anything Satan can throw at you. That's why it's so important to be committed to this living and active Word. And have it in your heart and in your mind. That you can stand, as as Paul said in Ephesians, you can stand with this armor of God. Against the schemes that the devil is planning. He's prowling around planning schemes to get you. And you need the full armor of God and you need the Word of God. This sword. So you can send. And then he says this. He says, resist him. You mean I can resist the devil? Yes, you can. Well, the devil made me do it. No, he really didn't. I chose to do it. Resist. Stand against. And then he says, do it in firm faith. That concrete of faith underneath your life. That foundation you need. And remember, in the middle of this, be aware of Satan. He's prowling and attacking. Now watch the text. He's prowling and he's ready to attack. And so you've got to resist. You stand firm in your faith. And then what's he say? Remember, you've got a bunch of brothers and sisters around you. Look what he says. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. The suffering that you take, that you take in your life for, for Jesus, brothers around the world are doing that. You've got, you're, in a, you're in a great group of people. You've got one another. And I'm just telling you, you can't walk by yourself in this old world. We need each other. So he tells them to be humble. He tells them to be ready. And then he tells them to be confident. Look at verse 10. And the God of all... What? Anybody got that word yet? Grace. The God of all grace, who calls you to His eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, it's temporary, will Himself, here's what He's going to do. The God of grace, after you've suffered a while, He will restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To Him be power forever and ever. Amen. That the God of grace is going to come to your rescue. He's going to restore you. He's going to help you be firm. He's going to establish you. He's going to take care of you. Then he says, with the help of Silas, who I regard as a faithful brother, I've written to you briefly, and look at this, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. And look what the next part of the verse says. What do you do with the true grace of God? Stand fast in it. I used to think I had to stand fast in my tradition. That didn't help me. Stand fast in my ability to keep the law. Couldn't do it. Stand fast in obeying all the commandments I thought existed. Didn't make it. I was trying to stand fast in all the wrong things. Then I come across this verse. Stand fast in the true grace of God. Got it? Stand fast in the true grace of God. If you try to stand fast and fight the devil on any other basis or foundation, it ain't going to happen. You make sure you stand fast in the true grace of God. All right, a couple more verses. We'll wrap this up. I know y'all getting hungry about now, right? Anybody hungry here besides me? Okay. I guess all that pie talk kind of influenced me. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends her greetings... And so does my son Mark. Now he says this verse. And greet one another with a kiss of love. So I thought, you know, we ought to practice what the Bible says. Maybe we just have the whole audience stand up and give somebody a kiss. No, we're not going to do that. But I'll tell you what, if we did, some of you would be really uh, choosy about who you sit by next time, wouldn't you? Greet one another with a kiss of love. What's he saying? Express your love for each other. Remember, each other is what helps you walk through suffering, tough times. These people are suffering for the sake of Christ. They need somebody hugging their neck, kissing them on the cheek, saying it's going to be all right. You're going to make it and we can live with joy through this whole mess. And then he says this, peace to all of you who are in Christ. Every time I see that word peace, I think of my brother Rick because every time he writes something or ends something, uh, he just always says peace, you know, peace. He'll write something, peace. He'll say something, peace, you know. I don't know if he'll give me a choice or not, but uh, uh, I, I guess I'm planning on him going first, but I'm going to put want put on his tombstone just that peace sign, you know, Peace. Here lies Rick. Peace out. (laughs) How many are sitting in the sound of my voice that wish you had peace? Satan attacks you. You let him have a victory this week and you don't have peace about it. You've heard the story of Jesus but it never became really live to you and you don't really have peace about your. Sin. You still have shame and you still have guilt you're dragging around with you. And that's Satan trying to get you to believe that your past is stronger than your future. Isn't it time you lay those things down? Peter said, cast those worries. Cast them. Throw them off on a God who cares for you. Be submissive. Be humble. Throw away worry. And enjoy peace. I don't want anyone to walk out of here. Lacking peace. When it is so freely available. Peace. Father in heaven, we thank you for the day. I know I've got a long way to go in learning and growing in this thing of peace and grace. and humility I pray Father and thankful for your patience in us I pray for our WFR family right here that's meeting in this building in these rooms as well as those that are meeting all over the country on our live stream I, I don't want anyone not to have this peace that's available Father may your spirit go out from here and through these words and impact hearts And move people to make a decision of action to submit their hearts to you. I pray if there's anybody in this room that's lost outside Jesus, they'll make that decision to submit to Him, claim Him as Lord and be baptized. We've already seen two that have claimed Jesus as Lord today. We're grateful. We know that the good news has changed all of our lives and we want other people to have that same joy. Father, help us not to let Satan, as he prowls around, take advantage of any of us. May we walk with joy and peace, because we stand fast in the true grace of God. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, If you have a need, come while we stand and sing.